Welcome back. I got stuck. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. This is The Point of No Return, a podcast and a product of Mandy Image Media, where we cover all things crime, homicide, murder, mystery, and anything in between. Thank you. Welcome. I'm Michelle Graham. And I'm Amanda Washington. Without further ado, I'm going to hop right into it. So today we're going to be talking about a cold case shock. I don't know if you guys have noticed a pattern that Amanda picks a lot of of different opposite cases of what I would be interested in. And I love that about us because she likely probably would have never picked a case like this. And it just baffles me. Like cold cases baffle me so much, especially cases like this that don't offer up a lot of details. But I've had some interesting um, updates in the uh, since since they've happened. All right, let's get into it. So. On October 27, 1981, skeletal remains were found on I-5 in Sacramento. Authorities determined the victim had been killed one to five months before the body was found. Um, Amanda said, I love a good interstate case. I do not be realizing my case do be having a lot to do with the highway. It does. Cold case highway. It happened about 50 years ago. <laughs> Speaking of highway, interest. random. You know how you t- sent me the thing about Octavia Spencer and like the Colorado, not Colorado, yeah. Oregon highway? Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, you know I'm going to Oregon next week. Yes, Not girl. getting on the highway, to say the least. Yeah. So, yeah, Please. go ahead, Miss Highway. Steer clear. Okay. That victim who was found was later identified as Lily Ann Prendergast. And yes, there are there. Prendergast, okay? Her murder is still unsolved, and there is much we still don't know 42 years later. But very interesting details nonetheless. So I'm going to hop in and tell you guys some details about Lily before I tell you about um, her her death. So Lily was born on April 4th, 1955, and she was around 26 years old when she died. She was white with dark brown, shoulder length, wavy hair. She had blue eyes. She was petite, and she even had a tattoo near the back of her right hip. It was a red flower with a red stem and two green leaves. Lily stood somewhere between five foot and five five, and she weighed between a hundred and a hundred and ten pounds. She was a small girl. She was last seen sometime in late 1980. Her family said she left her home and she had after she had a big fight with her parents. So she was at her father's house, and so I'm assuming maybe her parents had been divorced. Not really clear, but she left her father's house after having this big fight. Remember, I told y'all her body was found on I five in Sacramento. The gag is. Lily didn't live in Sacramento. Neither did her family. She actually lived in Dallas, Texas. Yet her body was found. Yes, her body was found in Sacramento. So no one knows how Lily ended up in Sacramento, but her family said she was known to hitchhike often. And she's even used the alias surnames Willis and Manning. So let's break this down a little bit. I feel like we just, not even feel like, we did just talk about this, Amanda. You said, like, if you were born and active back in the times of, like, the 60s, 70s, or 80s, you'd be one of those concert junkies falling around (laughs) your favorite band, Temptations or something. What are your thoughts on hitchhiking? Do you think it's an activity you would have indulged in back then? It just seems so (laughs) crazy. It seems so crazy to us, but it was definitely, I mean, it it was the norm back then, like, the fact that her family was like, yeah, she hitchhiked often. It's like. Yeah, no, that's bizarre. Yeah. It's like, y'all couldn't have gave that girl a ride somewhere? No. And what? Hitchhiking? Yeah. It was never giving thumb out on the road. Yeah. 
Well, that's definitely what this was giving. Okay. I think for, I don't know if it's a racial thing, but like growing up for me as a kid, it was, you know, everyone's always told like, don't talk to strangers, don't interact. But I feel like black moms, black families are, they double down on that so much because in their time when they were growing up, like you're black, you're not supposed to be doing anything. Go to point A, point B and get your ass home and that's it. So I don't know, but her family says she was a hitchhiker. So. Remember I told you she, so she disappeared in late 1980. Her body wasn't discovered until October, 1981. And she died somewhere between a month and five months before her body was found. Okay. Okay. But get this, Lily wasn't actually identified until February, 2020, which means Sacramento preserved her remains for nearly 40 years. I wonder why that is like how. And what was the identification factor? Like how did they figure out it was her? I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. Okay. So before detectives were able to identify Lily, they tried facial reconstruction, sketches. There was a big push in the media. And even when they put the case into the the National Missing Persons dat- Database, nothing came up. So I put, and I'm like, what is facial reconstruction? So It's kind of scary. Yes. After they found her, her remains, they tried to, girl, yes. Do you see that facial reconstruction? That is not... And do you, do you you see what my girl Lily look like? Please show a picture of what my girl, girl Lily look like. Girl, it's giving oogada boogada. <laughs> I am so pissed at this facial reconstruction. Of course nobody recognized that damn thing. That thing don't look like her. Look at her. You could tell she had beautiful eyes. Yes. Beautiful blue eyes. So... I'm going to read you a statement that the detective told Fox 40. He said, it's a case that kept me up at night. You know, I wake up thinking about it sometimes. This really reminded me a lot of movies, you know, when you see, you know, the detective or the sheriff get Mm -hmm. obsessed with one case and it's like their landmark case. And he's saying like that, that, that was this case for him. I wonder if that's why they kept her remains for so long because he himself was so intrigued. And that was um, the Sacramento County Sheriff's deputy, Paige Nealon. He told Fox 40 that. So he also said he gave a little bit more insight into how they did this facial reconstruction. So he said his department used clay based on a picture of the skull to build a profile to enter into the missing person's DNA program in 2005. And as y'all just seen y'all, that damn remake didn't look none like Lily. Nobody was going to. No one looks like that. (laughs) Literally no one. (laughs) when I tell you I was so pissed because when I was when I started my and I mean it was a valiant effort great when I started my research that scary face kept popping up and it was reminding me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because Lily did not look like that like it looks like they put a white mask over somebody's (laughs) face and cut out the eyes I'm like there's no absolutely no way in hell like shape wise the, the, the damn face was so big um Either way, all of the the sheriffs and the detectives and authorities' efforts to try to identify the remains, they all failed. So familial DNA and upgraded DNA technology is ultimately what identified Lily. So Lily had an older brother named William Prendergast. And he, in 2019, decided he wanted to submit his he wanted to submit his DNA to the FBI. And when he did that, it triggered a hundred percent match for Lily, and wow. that's how they were able to match. And it's just, I just can't imagine. I'm like, how and why did only one person from the family wait until 2019 to? I, I guess because the technology wasn't around. I guess it wasn't around then, but like in 2019, the tech had been a DNA tech had been around for at least 20, 30 years at that point. 
Yeah. Well, I guess to be that advanced, <clears throat> and and then of course they might not have thought that that was her remains. So I was like, why am I testing? I don't know if her remains are have been found or if they're out there or whatever. And did, so did he test? Did he get tested for the sole fact that they thought it was her, or was it he was doing like a genealogy test and then it just like clicked? He did. I think he literally submitted his his DNA to see if it would match with anything. I don't I don't, I don't at this point, he didn't make the connection that there was some remains that were found in Sacramento. Like I told him, she didn't have family in Sacramento. She didn't have people in Sacramento at all. So it was like, yeah, what's it giving? I also wonder how the national database works, because when he submitted to the FBI, of course, you know, it, th- that DNA was submitted and then it was then put into the um, national missing persons program and that's how they were able to match it um that way but neither here nor there i also was like do y'all not just put pictures in the net like pictures of regular people because i'm like y'all found these remains in 1981 identify well i guess they didn't know what she looked like yet until afterwards i'm thinking like how how is her picture not in there i don't know so this is a this is i'm gonna read you a quote that william said to fox 40 He said, horrible. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't find her. She used to call me on my birthday all the time. And then that stopped. This statement was statement was so interesting to me because it's like, what was the follow up when she went missing in the late 80s? And what was that argument about? Yeah. And it's like William didn't offer he didn't offer up much details about like what her what his what the last moments were with, you know, Lily at the house. But it's giving that could have a lot to do with. Why the hell she ultimately, of course, why she ultimately left and never made it back. Yeah. And then honestly, for a while too, they might've thought that she was just out there, you know, doing, doing, doing the thing on the road, hitchhiking, doing whatever. So they probably didn't think much of her being missing. Or like you said, depending on what the exchange was, it could have been like, okay, yeah, I'm out. And she hitchhiked and that was that. But her family didn't think to look for her because maybe she wasn't, they weren't on the best of terms or you just never know. That's, that one's tricky for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And William, you know, doubled down and confirmed that she was a free spirit and was always traveling. So it wasn't odd that she hitchhiked often or that she left and didn't come Mm. back for a few days. But then it was like, okay, it's been a year. But it's like they literally just never seen her again. Like we talk about this often, like, you know, you, you say it all the time. It's like, if you back in that time, you set a date with somebody, you go to the location and you meet them there on that day. Mm -hmm. Because nine times out of 10 back then, they didn't have a phone. You probably didn't know where they lived to go knock on their door. It was like, you just got to trust and you got to know. And it's like, yeah, she literally left that day and never came back home. And they never heard from her. Like, where do you go from there? How do you? Yeah, and I'm how like, do you a 40-year-old case, unless she had DNA on her when her remains were found, it's like, it's up and it's stuck. How are you going to find who killed that lady? Oh, it's a wrap. Don't know who killed her. And also, they couldn't even figure out the cause of death. Her cause of death was never determined. And you, I would assume if it was some sort of blunt force trauma or, mm-hmm. you know, there were some broken bones or anything of that nature, they would have been able to come to some type of conclusion. They ain't got it. Jack diddly squat. I mean, no theory at all on how she died. And I, this is what, so I, I, I have some questions I want us to start to dive into okay. and kind of put ourselves in Lily's shoes of what could have happened to her. So, you know, you already gave me your thoughts on, you know, hitchhiking. You know, it seems like, you know, it's such an old timey thing. But back then it was very normal for people yeah. to indulge in hitchhiking. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if I would ever do it, but I'm like, 
thinking about the free spirited person I am, I probably would have. I probably would have. I probably would have been very selective with, yeah. with which car I got in. But it's like you just you just get out there, put your thumb out, and you're like, oh. I'm trying to get here. They tell you what direction they're heading and then boom. What do you suspect could have happened to Lily? Do you think it's twofold for me? I'm stuck between thinking that her family could have had something to do with it because all we know is that she got into that fight and then she left the house. And also she literally could have been killed by a stranger and thrown on the side of the road. Um, I feel like this is, this is, how far is, what is this called? Highway 5? I-5? Yeah, Interstate 5. How far, do you know how far that is from Yosemite Park? Let's see. It's about three hours and 10 minutes, roughly from where she was. So she was found, she was found on the highway, on the side of the highway in South Sacramento. Okay. So never mind. The reason I ask is because, you know, in this, in like the 70s slash 80s, there was a cult somewhere. I don't, uh, I'll have to get the name of the cult. Um, Give me a few seconds to look it up, Mm -hmm. but they were essentially kidnapping women on the side of the road. And it was like all, like all of the women had some kind of connection or something close to Yosemite park or they were found close to Yosemite park, but never mind. She was three hours away. So honestly, it really could have just been a case of, I feel like a lot of those hitchhiking situations you had to like put out to get in. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it seemed almost like another form of prostitution in a way um, for some I don't think this was the case for all people. I think some people were just genuinely nice. Um, but you never know. She could have been assaulted first or what have you, or asked to do something she didn't want to do or didn't feel comfortable doing. And, you know, maybe it blew up in the person's face and whoever she was hitchhiking with, like she started wilding out and then they had no no other choice they felt but to kill her. It's, it's kind of giving me those like random vibes. But uh, yeah, because I was going to go with the serial killer thing at first, but it honestly might have been like a, no, I'm not having sex with you. Or, oh my gosh, you raped me. I'm going to tell. And then it's like, no, you're not. You're not telling anybody. I'm going to kill you and dump you on the side of the highway. But I wonder what her destination was. Me too. Okay. So I have some thoughts on what what her destination could have been. I'll get to that later. But there was some stuff, you know, found around her when her body was found, including some red panties, some clothing, and a single shoe. They also were able to find that from from looking at her her teeth that she um, was a smoker. And a tie tack in the shape of a cocktail glass was under her remains. It was like assuming that it could have either been stuck in her skin when there was flesh. What's a tie tack? I t- a t- I'm pretty sure it's a it's a um, oh the little thing that they put on their ties yeah like uh, like yeah mm. yeah it's like a pin it's like a pin something that could go somewhere on a tie and okay. so the only theories I could find this is you know I, you know I had to hit Reddit was you know somebody was was running with this theory that this distinct tie tack which it is a distinct tie tack like a tie tack in the shape of a cocktail glass like. That is, you know, because normally they're just like a little circle or a little pin. They're running with a theory that she, she, whoever, whoever is the owner of that distinct tie tack is the one who um, had something to do with her death. I mean, of course, like, yeah, that could be a theory. I'm also going to assume that maybe the other person who got her other shoe killed her. (laughs) Maybe the person, you know what I mean? Like there's so many factors to think of, but it was interesting that that tie tack was underneath her. And I'm like, "Mm, was it something that was already on the highway? Was it something that got stuck in her skin in a struggle? And that's how it ended up there. Yeah, my theory has changed a little bit. It's giving me like a restaurateur slash like somebody who is in the restaurant business but has a lot of money. Maybe she Mm -hmm. met them at a particular bar or something. 
that wasn't too far from where they were. And maybe he either lured her out there to, to have sex or to do something. Um, or maybe she was out there running for her life and that's why she lost a shoe and you mm -hmm. only found one shoe. Um, she was only able to keep one shoe on. And so my theory now is whoever that man is, he raped her in the, you know, the woody, woodsy area, if you will, that she was found in, hence why her panties were off and why his tie tack would have been under her body or near her body or whatever. Now, why they didn't find her until she was a skeleton, that I don't know. But <laughs> what? I mean, it had been a year. So they, and they're predicting that, you know, she was killed between one yeah. and five months. Um, which makes me think there had to be some flesh there for them to... Or something, yeah. But the article says skeletal remains. So I don't know how much flesh it would have been. This this is true, too. This is true. But you think she'd turn into a skeleton in a month? Like, flesh could... Yeah, no, it's definitely not a month. <laughs> like, no. I don't think it's five months. I think she died soon after she left. Yeah. It, and I'm, That's I'm, my theory. For them to is... find skeletons and they had to... Y'all are making clay, her head out of clay because there was nothing from her face there. Like, y'all had no idea what this woman looked like. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, I don't think it was any flesh at all. If it was a year, I'm, I'm, I'm with the year theory as well. Just thinking about decomposition and thinking about people like Chandra Levy and stuff. When they found her body in a woodsy area a year later, she didn't have any flesh on her. It was just her, her bones. Like they found like her femur and, you know, some other stuff that they yeah. were able to test i wonder if they found her teeth they must have not because they could have they, yeah right? they, did. they found her teeth so did she never go to the dentist <laughs> what you mean oh oh because they weren't able to match some sort of dental records dental records yeah i'm assuming in the 80s maybe that the, the technology wasn't there yet but also i'm as i'm baffled that they didn't return to that before the brother entered his dna in yeah. 2019 it's like there are so many things that could have been done. They said her her teeth were in good condition. They just had some discoloration, and that's how they, they from, from nicotine smoker. use. Yes, mm -hmm. had some discoloration from nicotine use. So that was all they drew from the teeth, I guess. So as far as where she could have been headed, and where she was known to frequently go when she was hitchhiking, was she had family in Ohio, Florida, Georgia, and other parts of Texas, all areas still that were not in the direction of Sacramento, California. But do you think she could have ended up in one of those places first before she ended up in Sacramento? We don't know. Like, she could have literally met somebody, started dating someone. Like, she left in yeah. the late 80s. And then it doesn't say specifically when in the late 80s. But I'm going to assume late 80s is, is Q4. So I'm thinking September or sometime after that. She could have met somebody in on her travels, early on her travels, could have been dating someone, could have been with them for a few months and they killed her. Like shit, we all, for all we know, she could have died in Texas and someone was on their way to Sacramento and dropped the and body off her on body. I-5. You know what I mean? Like it could literally be anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, let, me, let, me, let me look up some more stuff. Because <laughs> again, this is, this is crazy. She also, to me, looks so sweet. She did not, to me, look like, I don't want to say she doesn't look like a hitchhiker. I never met her. But I'm like, she looks like a well-put-together woman. Even though she was using aliases. I don't know what's up with that, Lillian Pendergrass. I mean, that is a, a pretty, it is a pretty significant mm -hmm. and probably easy identifiable last name. Oh, well, you know what? And it probably also took her brother so long to match with the DNA because it says here that police didn't submit her DNA to the missing and um, unidentified person system until 2005. Five, yes, which also baffled me. Hmm. 
I'm assuming, and not, and I don't want to say baffle me. I take that back because, like, in the time that her body was found in in 1981 and 2005, that's what 25 years. You know how much crime and other stuff was going on in in Sacramento. I mean, the sheriff's office was probably busy, and it was probably that one deputy that was continuously pushing it forward. But it was like, God damn! Like, basically, if somebody in in the system don't care about your case, like. Your shit could sit there unsolved for a long time. Also, this was another interesting thing to me. So Lily was identified in February 2020, but the news didn't break until October 2020, which was very interesting to me. Why do you think detectives held off on announcing it? COVID? I don't know. Oh, wow. I just realized that was COVID year. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, Lily, please take no offense to this. (laughs) Um, but you know, they're probably thinking we got better stuff to, to report or people, maybe they, you know, maybe they did report it, but reporters just didn't get their claws on it. Yeah. Until October or whatever. Um, because I'm like, if you think about it, like February, March, that was, that was like the, the time when stuff really started to like shut down and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it might've just been swept under the rug. Yeah. Protests started in May. The city was probably busy. I don't know, though. It's like, I wish there was more about what her life was like before this fight. It's like, where were her friends? What, were her, what was her friend group like? Was mm-hmm. she dating anybody? Did y'all have a phone in the house back then? It's like, how are y'all even keeping up with her if she was known to hitchhike? Yeah. And I'm like, what is sometime in, in late 1980? That That's, that's the... Yes, that's- it's like... William, why can't you just tell us when she left the house? Was it Christmas? Was it Halloween? Yeah. Was it Labor Day? That also has a lot to do with the timing of what could have happened to her. Like, left in the late 80s, sure, fine. But she also could have died in the 80s. <laughs> like, just because her body was discovered, then we don't know how long it was on the, fi- on the side of I-5. Okay, 25 to 35 years of age. I wonder how they were able to identify that. Her teeth, probably. All they had was her teeth. Or maybe maybe the skull. I don't know. I really wish they had text messaging or something so we could have a better <laughs> idea of where she was or what she was doing because this is this is changing things for me also because it says like she she likely only died one to five months prior to when her body was found. She could have been alive as late as September 1981 and they found her body October 27th, 1981. Nice. But I guess, and I'm, I'm assuming like when bodies are just out like in the open like that they decompose quicker and also it didn't it didn't really i wish they would have gave us more about where her body was found as far as like was it a wooded area was it i mean there's not a lot of mm-hmm. on the side of i-5 right there and i'm like it's not a lot of it's a lot of flat surface so it's like how long really was her body laying out and we also have to realize her body could have been decomposing somewhere else and then the body was dropped there. Was, and that's what I keep thinking. So I'm like, I'm thinking about that area of of the interstate. I'm like, it's very open. I mean, it could have looked different back then for sure, 100%. But like she very well, I mean, she's missing a shoe. There's there's clear things that she's missing, like no bags, nothing, nothing on her. I'm like, mm-hmm. she very well could have been somewhere, died somewhere else, which I do think she died somewhere else, but she could have been left somewhere else before being dropped on the interstate. I hate when I get to web sleuths and then it's no, it's, it's no, no real thing. Cause I, I feel like this is pictures from the crime scene. Did you see any pictures from the crime scene by no. any chance? Mm-mm. From 1981. They weren't taking the crime scene photos then. <laughs> 
<laughs> it depends. You know, sometimes we come across cases and it'll be from the same year, but in different areas and they act yeah. like they didn't have a camera. Shit. Yeah, like wrong, cameras shit. was alive. Well, not alive, but uh, cameras was a thing. On that note, we're going to wrap it up here. If you okay. guys have any theories on what you think happened to Lillianne, please let us know. Reach out. I don't know. It's something about William that's sticking with me, too, because it's like, my God, you can't tell us more about what was going on in life at that time. Like, give me something. But I'm going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been another episode of The Point of No Return. I'm Michelle Graham. And I'm Amanda Washington. And Amanda's still thinking about what happened in Lillian, as you should be too. We'll yeah. see you next time. Bye. Drop us some comments about what y'all think happened to Lily, because yeah. we want to know. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>